Stories are the things we assume we have in common. My name is Osadumibi, and every week I will tell you a short story written by a Nigerian writer or author. That's the long and short of it. So without much ado, this week's story is by Victor Ola Matthew. And it's the first part of the story titled, Sir, What Do You Mean? Listen in next week for the concluding part. I read this and I thought, this piece is not Nigerian. It is too good to be Nigerian. Mr. Olu said to me in the corridor. I tried to walk as fast as his legs were moving so I could keep up with him. His small black bag was clamped absurdly beneath his armpit, and it reminded me of my mother. Back in Lagos, when I was out and about with my mom, she always had her leather purse in that position for security reasons. She had taken to clutching her purse this way because the first time she went to Mile 12 Market, she'd had her bag carelessly slung around her shoulder and it had been slit open amidst the jostling crowd and her phone stolen. I did not feel the magnitude of his sentence yet. Perhaps because I was desperate for a review of the short fiction I had written for The New Yorker, and I was seeking literary validation from someone who knew a lot about creative writing before turning in my work. It was why I was here, in the Department of Creative Writing, chasing after the head of department who had no bearing whatsoever on my nursing degree and who was rushing to his class. This was a relatable scene in Nigeria, a student running after a lecturer begging for knowledge. I thought America would be different, at least less begging. How? I asked. A few more steps and it had dawned on me. You see, um, he came to an abrupt pause in his walking, and so did I. We were a few steps from his lecture room. Um, served as my name, which he was guilty of mispronouncing. And being fully aware of his inability to pronounce my name, he had chosen not to pronounce it. Um, it lacks, how do I put this? It lacks Nigerian authenticity, he finished. And he disappeared into the lecture room before I could say anything further. I was amazed. Last week, the only reason I had summoned the courage to leave my faculty for his office was that I had seen on the university's website that he was Nigerian. American was what the subtle biography said, but his middle name, Olakunle, gave his identity away. I still do not know why I chose the New Yorker. It feels like the Grammys of literature, and I wanted to put my very Nigerian story on the platform for people to see a different Nigerian narrative. Something idiosyncratic from the pseudonormal. But these were not my words when I entered his office last week Friday. His office had a wooden theme. Everything was made from timber or structured to look like wood. 
The door creaked when I opened and closed it, and he said near enthusiastically, Come, sit down. He closed several files and put them into the cabinet as I approached. There was a poster on the wall that read, Black Lives Matter. And another poster, gaudy yellow with a grotesque black font, which had the words of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream on it. Good day. And how may I help you? He said. He placed his arms on the table and faced me with interest. I did not like his direct gaze, so I bowed my head at intervals. Good morning, sir. I am Dierkor. It is my first year at the university. I said. I felt out of place after my last sentence. It was unnecessary, but I was nervous. Dierkor? No, sir. Dierkor. I corrected. I expected that since he was Nigerian like me, he would at least be one of the few who would get the pronunciation of my name. Well then, D-A-K-O? He continued, still getting the pronunciation of my name wrong. I don't teach first-year students, so this should be interesting. He smiled. At least he was open to conversing. I'm not even a creative writing student, I said, loosening up. I'm doing nursing. Pardon? Doing? I mean studying. I was beginning to not like him. He sounded just like the other Americans, trying to constrict me to a certain English that I could not put to use outside Saturn IELTS. I did not like that there was no one to sound very Nigerian with, or that I knew no one yet. I had considered joining one of the African student communities, but there was a sense of foreboding I had when it came to doing African-related things in this America. I felt like I would have to sound like a character smacked out of the fictional country Wakanda, or like I would have to wear kinte and put on an abada. I did not want to do any of those things. Your name, D-A-K-O, he paused. It sounds local. Nigerian. I think you mean Nigerian, Mr. Olu. I emphasized his name, his Nigerian name. It was my social anxiety. He seemed to be attacking me, and I, by default, defended myself. Regardless, he said defiantly, Mr. Olu, you are Nigerian, I said in a certain tone. You know that Nigerian tone where a statement sounded like a question, and a compare was left to affirm the statement or reply to the inexistent question. African-American is more resounding. He smiled. I paused. We both paused and looked at each other. Your name on the university's website reads Mr. Olu James Olakunle. 
he adjusted his glasses. And then he put his hands up jokingly like someone ordered by the police. Fine. You caught me. I am of Nigerian descent. He collapsed into his huge swivel chair. Descent. Sir. You have two Yoruba names. You are more of um, a first or second generation diaspora. Descent is less acknowledging. Tell that to my American passport. <laughs> he laughed mockingly. It was the laugh of a sore loser. His reply was unnecessary and immature. And he made it sound like he was a winner for successfully disowning Nigeria. Maybe he wanted a trophy or one of those you are very lucky badge. I didn't have any of those to give. He wasn't done. He leaned closer. Are you an immigrant? He said with a concerned whisper. I am an international student. Student visa? Yes. Choice of study? Nursing. The questions and answers were moving so fast until he asked, And will you be returning to Nigeria at the end of your visa? I stalled. I wanted to say no, that I would apply for a work permit and stay till I qualified for permanent residency. But I did not answer. I would only be proving him right. Not that he was wrong. So, what brings you here? He changed the topic, almost like we had not been discussing something entirely different. This was an outstanding sore loser, playing mature when he won. This is the Department of Creative Writing, and you are a nurse, sort of? I wrote a piece, and I need constructive criticism before submitting it, I said. Speaking about my work made me nervous, and I never told anyone that I wrote, especially my parents, because writing to them was not a career. It was an art and a passion, and my parents wanted a career, something people could officially refer to as jobs. I do not have the time to proofread and edit, he said. His reply was defensive and quick, as if many students had requested him to proofread and edit their write-ups. I am not asking you to do that, sir. I'm asking for constructive literary criticism. Then I whispered, I want to submit it to the New Yorker. Let me have a look. He spoke as though he would read and critique the short fiction in five minutes. Is it fiction? He asked as I reached into my bag for the manuscript. Yes, sir, it is. A bit more avid. Oh, really? Where is it set? He asked. Nigeria, sir. Ibadan, to be precise. I said, dropping the six-page manuscript on the desk. Ah, my state. He mistakenly confessed. Or maybe not. I could not interpret his facial expressions. 
But what I did do was shout like I had caught a rat in a trap. Hey, I knew it. You're a Nigerian. I was incautiously loud. He slipped the manuscript into his drawer and brought out the university's Faculty of Arts Prospectus. He flipped it till he reached his picture in the Department of Creative Writing and turned it around for me to read. American, he voiced out slowly. He had one again. The door creaked open and his assistant's head popped in. Mr. Olu nodded at him, and just like that, they had communicated. He pulled out a small black bag and said to me, I have a class right now. A student bumped into me, and I was no longer in Mr. Olu's wooden-themed office, but back in the hallway, waiting for him to finish his lecture so we could conclude our conversation. We first-year nursing students did not start our lab-related topics until the second semester. For the first lab class last week, the anatomy lecturer, Fabio, wanted to prove something to us. He took the whole class to the lab but did not mark attendance. His way of emphasizing lab work was well and truly a second semester thing. Consequently, here I was, opting out of lab class and waiting for Mr. Olu instead. I was lost in thought and did not see Mr. Olu until he was at the parking lot about to enter his car. I dashed out of the building and ran up to the car and signaled for his driver to wind the windows down. He did. I paused to catch my breath before speaking. Mr. Olu, you haven't explained to me. Mr. Olu shook his head and smiled. This boy... Get into my ride. I walked around the car to the other door. We were both in the back seat. The driver wound up the windows and started driving. Sir, what do you mean by my work lacks Nigerian authenticity? I asked. Do you stay at any of the dorms? He asked, ignoring my question. No, sir. I'm staying with my auntie off campus, I replied. Aunt. He corrected me swiftly and said to the driver, Luke, we will drop him at the school's gate. There was a certain speed to the conversation, almost like I did not exist. He faced me. You were saying something, um... Dear Corsa, my name is Dear Cor. I corrected. D-A-C-O. He pronounced wrongly, but at least he tried. You were saying something? Yes, sir. I was asking you to explain what you meant by my work lacking Nigerian authenticity. The car came to a sudden halt. We had reached the school's gate. I did not know what to say, but I knew I was to alight the car, which I did. Diego, why don't you come over for dinner this Sunday evening? Luke will pick you up from here at seven, Mr. Olu said, watching me step out of his car. I slammed the door and did not reply. I hoped he took it as a yes. If it was a thing, 
we had grown a bond out of challenging each other. Victor Ola Matthew is a Nigerian-born and raised storyteller, as he would rather, as a practitioner of many art mediums, have himself be referred to. He currently resides in Toronto, Ontario, and is enrolled in a medical physics undergraduate program. More of his work can be seen on victor.curious.page. Some of his work have appeared in Brittle Paper, The Obsidian, and Afritondo's 2022 anthology, and a forthcoming piece in The Republic. Connected Victor on Instagram at Victorverse, spelled with a zero because there's already a Victorverse with an O, and on LinkedIn as Victor Ola Matthew. Details and links will be in the episode description. If you've got a story you would like to be featured on this podcast, or a published book you want to make into an audiobook, send an email to info at osadumebi.com or send me a message at osadumebi on either Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn or Twitter. I look forward to collaborating with you. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend that stories are a good escape for a few minutes each week.